3: And welcome back everyone, this is The X1. I am Rob McConnell, and we're going to be talking to Anita Mayer this hour, and um, Anita is an author, lecturer, and independent researcher that has positively influenced hundreds of thousands of people. Anita attended College for Criminology through her many studies, she is also a linguistic decipherment expert in ancient writings in the fields of orthonology, paleontology, and graphology, and is a cryptoz- cryptozoology wizard. Among other skills and abilities, she is also a visual pattern recognizer in the study of nature and structure. Off the beaten path, Anita is a forensic religious procurement specialist who thoroughly engages in finding strong evidence for God's existence. Joining me now is Anita Mayer, and Anita, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and and what what it was that um, inspired you to uh, write your book, Beyond the Bible Code?
4: Yes. Well, firstly, I'm a visual pattern recognizer, mm-hmm. and I see patterns that are in the natural world, and I correlate them with other things.
3: Can you and give us examples? Also... Could you give us examples?
4: Yes. Like, for instance, I see units, mathematical units of growth that are found in the natural world. For instance, like the, the Fibonacci sequence, which goes 0, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8. Mm-hmm. And so I see those patterns as basically when the next branch on the tree is going to grow. And I, what I do is I like to find these units that are, in, that are in the natural world, and I like to correlate them with other things. And so what I did mm-hmm. um, was I was able to find that this pattern exists in all living and even non-living things so in that sense I'm a visual pattern recognizer and I also look to to merge this this natural unit of growth with finding strong evidence for a creator
3: and have you found it
4: I believe I did
3: you said you believe you did you didn't give me a definitive yes yes, yes. Okay. and
4: I will get to that shortly <laughs>
3: So once again, how did your where did your interest come into when it comes to the Bible creation and uh, writing about the Bible code?
4: Um, well, when I started to recognize these things,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and I made the leap to finding strong evidence for a creator, that's when I realized that I had to write all this down in such a way that. I could; it could be explained to others, so that other people can see this and witness it for themselves.
3: You you claim to have found something or established something as the holy language, and what is that?
4: Yes, the holy language is a language that controls all things in the natural world. Mm-hmm. It controls all things in the cosmos. It's basically a language that control it, it created everything and it controls everything it's kind of like the force in Star Wars and this language, believe it or not
2: mm-hmm.
4: is it, the basis of it is Hebrew Why Hebrew? Well I will get into it now because in, in order to explain that I have to explain how I connected the mathematical units that are in the natural world.
3: All right, why don't we do this? Please. Why don't we do this? I've got to take a break, and I don't want to interrupt you once you start giving us this, you know, why Hebrew was mm-hmm. found to be the the holy language. So we're going to take a break now, and when we come back on the other side of this break, explanation, more with Anita Mayer. And if you'd like to find out more about Anita, her website is anitamayer1.wixsite.com forward slash anita-mayer-books. Or you can find her on uh, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Anita dot Charlotte Mayer. We'll be back on the other side of this break in two minutes as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, you know you can always do that, Exxon Nation. I love hearing from each and every one of you. All you need to do is visit, or not even visit, all you need to do is send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. My name is Rob McConnell. Anita and I will be back on the other side as we continue broadcasting around the world from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. 0080 courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone app or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213 213- By donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com.
5: Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers.
3: All right, ExoNation, Anita Mayer is our special guest. We're talking to Anita about her book entitled Beyond the Bible Code. So, all right, Anita, before we went to the commercial break, you were telling us that, that Hebrew is the holy language. And how did you come to that, uh, that conclusion?
4: Correct. Well, let me go back to explaining okay. the mathematical unit that is found in the natural world.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, basically... It starts with the Fibonacci sequence, which goes 0, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8. When you add the last two numbers together, you get the next number. And there's two numbers that are in the Fibonacci sequence, which are 144 and 233. And when you divide those numbers, you get the golden ratio, which is 1.618 or inversely 0.618. So this is a universal law. It's a mathematical expression that's used to explain the mechanism behind form and patterns of growth. Now, this mathematical pattern is seen in it's seen when the next branch on a tree is going to grow. It's seen in the human body, all animals and mammals, insects, um, cell division, DNA, uh, the, the the spiral pattern in hurricanes and tornadoes. It's seen in the stock market and it's even seen in the life cycle of an atomic particle when they smash the particles together at this at this at the um, CERN facility mm-hmm. the Fermi lab um, you what that happens is when they smash the particles together they spiral out and that spiraling pattern is the same unit of growth and even more amazing is that we see this unit of growth in the distance between the planets so it's literally, basically, it's it's in everything. And so what I was looking for, I was looking for a common denominator, something that linked this mathematical unit to finding strong evidence for, for God's existence. And so what I did was I turned to the Bible, mm-hmm. but not just the ordinary Bible. I turned to the Hebrew Bible. The Torah. Yes, the Torah. And specifically in Genesis 1-1. Mm-hmm. The very first par- verse and paragraph of the Torah is the Hebrew word Bar which means beginning. And I took and I and I looked at the very first letter of the Torah, and it's a Hebrew letter B, known as in Hebrew as a bet. And when I looked at that letter, I noticed that right away that there was a, being a, being a visual pattern recognizer, mm-hmm. I recognized that it had a unit of growth to it. If you look at the the Hebrew letter B. You'll see that it has a little leg that sticks out to the right, and then it gets a little bit longer going to the left, and then it furls up even longer. So what I did to test this theory was I I took a, a bendable wire and I bent it in the shape of that Hebrew letter, and I took another spiral, and I spiraled it around that letter with the same exact units of growth that are found in the natural world. In other words, it started off small, gets a little bit bigger, and then it furrows out. And when I was looking at this one form, I realized as I was holding it in my hand, the spiral form, so that I can get a three-dimensional view of it instead of seeing the letter on a flat surface, um, I immediately I started turning it around in my hand, looking at it, and I realized that when I looked at it a certain way, it was the Hebrew letter B, but when I turned it upside down, it turned into the Hebrew letter T, Tav. And when I turned it sideways, it turned into the Hebrew letter M, Mem. Another way, the letter, the Hebrew letter Gimel, mm-hmm. G. Um, S, Shin. And so what I realized was that this one spiral form that's formed from nature's law produces the complete Hebrew alphabet, Consisting of twenty-two letters plus five final letters.
3: Why did you use the Torah?
4: Well, I use the Torah because I was I was brought up. Mm-hmm. I was brought up Jewish, and I went to Hebrew school, and I also went to public school.
3: Right. So, what would have happened and, if you used the King James Bible?
4: No, it doesn't work for any of the English letters whatsoever. Have you tried? Yes. It only works for the Hebrew letters. There's no other writing in the mm-hmm. entire world that produces its, its, its complete an entire alphabet from a single spiral form, which in turn is a product of nature's law.
3: So, our, our, so, Again, could, so am I to understand that because Hebrew is the holy language that all life started in Israel?
4: well that's what the Bible tells us. It tells us that we started out in a garden
3: yeah, but uh, the Bible has also been proven to be wrong in many in many instances, and paleontology is telling us that we actually come from Africa
4: well, that's what they say, but you know when you consider this, you mm-hmm. might think otherwise
3: but doesn't it depend on one's own belief how they can how certain patterns can be manipulated to fit into certain areas where a pattern is being sought
4: that's true mm-hmm. but in order for people to truly understand that they have to go to my website or perhaps buy my one of my books you can you can see or you can even go on my facebook timeline and you can see what this spiral form pattern looks like
3: oh okay but what I'm saying is, isn't this based on perception? And could your own religious philosophical beliefs have have tainted, and I don't mean that in an, well, in they, an insulting way, I don't mean that in an insulting way, but mm-hmm. tainted the research value?
4: Yes, well, leaving that part out. Why, even wait, if you leave that part out, if you leave we? the part of religion out and tradition
2: uh-huh. and
4: everything that the Bible tells us, we still have this. We still have what, what I discovered with the Hebrew letters. So then the question remains
2: mm-hmm.
4: is, once you realize this, and once you see that there's not only intelligent design in it, but you realize that there's divine design.
3: Where do you get the divine create... design? Where's the divine design fit in? Because what we're saying here is everybody knows that the book of Genesis was written by Moses. He was Jewish. So it only stands to reason that the the Jewish alphabet would be found in the Torah. Correct. So, what am I missing here?
4: Yes, it also tells us that 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 this that the Torah was translated Mm -hmm. directly from the Creator.
3: How do we know that? To Moses. How do we know that? That's a that's a the Bible
4: tells us that.
3: But the Bible was written by men, not by God. And men lie. Men misinterpret. We're looking at a time in our evolution and our, and our history where people were seeking answers, and they didn't have the ability to, to go to CERN. They didn't have the ability to go onto the internet to find out, you know, what the real story was.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We have to we have to look at that part of history when this was happening to better understand. You know, the... Right,
4: with well, the linguists, mm-hmm. the linguists know, kind of backing up here to get to that question, right. um, the linguists know that that the Hebrew writing that is found in the Torah mm-hmm. is called Ashurit writing, and it's square block letters, and it is a mystery that, that that writing came into being at Mount Sinai. It didn't exist prior to that. The style and design of that writing just... Um, came on into the time into the into the time era at that time
3: how do we know that
4: mm, well because the the linguists mm-hmm. know that this writing is in, was found in a certain area a certain part in, in the Middle East
3: okay I don't think anybody it is, goes, I don't think anybody is disputing the fact that that Moses would have written something in Hebrew and that Moses wrote the book of Genesis and many mm-hmm. people believe that a deity was the dictator of of the book of genesis nobody's disputing that i think what my my question is how do we verify it because there are many people on this world in this world who are not who do not believe in god there are many people in this world who have their own philosophical beliefs
4: well that's where that's where the discovery of my spiral form comes comes in handy okay because basically what it's saying is that this what it's this is a language that is produced from letters
2: mm-hmm.
4: okay it goes deeper if you into the into the into the biblical text and not only just biblical text but other ancient texts um, goes back to the book of Enoch, mm-hmm. it goes uh, to the book of Jubilees, um, all these ancient texts. And what it describes is a language that that um, basically created all things. Like even when we read in Genesis, it said, And God said, mm-hmm. he said, let there be light, and there was light. This is a language that is based on sound and frequency that created all things.
3: Could we be putting way too much value and too much meaning into a a simple book?
4: I don't believe so. I think that this is verification. I mean, it shows us, it it has, basically, the Bible tells us in in another way, it tells us that to see the Creator, we are to look to nature. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I got the inside clue to look to the natural world, where I see these mathematical units and they're found in all things.
3: <laughs> but isn't it so math true, in
4: itself is like a language.
3: But isn't it true we are actually a binary society made of zero and ones?
4: Well, yes, and and the Hebrew is actually based on what's called gematria.
3: Mm-hmm. But once again it's, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure there are other people in the world, other linguistics, that would say, well no, it wasn't the Hebrews. That, that you know the Hebrew is not the the holy language, and I'm sure that there are many many other um, many other explanations for it as well I guess what i'm 'm trying to figure out is how do we know that that everything in the Bible is true number one number okay. two, number two you know like yeah. I, I look at the Bible and I say hey mm-hmm. it's one heck of a storybook. But there is no empirical evidence that the majority of events in the Bible ever took place. And we know for a fact that at the Council of Nicaea, that certain books were taken out. So how can we validate the authenticity of the Bible or even the Torah for that that matter? You know, we can say the same thing about the Mm -hmm. Quran.
4: Yes, the authenticity of of the Bible, which is the Torah, Mm -hmm. the basis of the Torah, is verified by the letters itself.
3: Okay, that's by the letters, but what about the actual events? How do we verify that? that
4: Well, that gets gets very deep, and that gets into my third book, which is the Mm -hmm. Bible Code. But if I could back up here just to give an insight depth a little bit more of understanding in the linguistic well, area. we've got
3: to take another break, so please stand by. Exxon Nation, Anita sure. Mayer is our special guest, mm-hmm. and Ania and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast centre in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Nation, Anita mayor's our special guest and Anita I' I'm, 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 I'm starting to see something here that basically I guess what you're trying to tell us is that you found the Rosetta stone to the Bible
4: correct in a sense yes
3: okay so what has this yes. decoding of the Bible how is this going to change the world how is it going to make it a better place how is this going to affect people? tomorrow when they go to work? How is it going to help feed the hungry? How is it going to cure the sick?
4: Well, basically, in a nutshell, it is verification of a creator. It's his signature.
3: Okay, there are millions of people, billions of people around the world who will agree with you without having to, to understand mathematics. They believe. They go to church. They pray. And?
4: Yes. Um, and Then there's also the, sci- the scientific and in- aspect of this,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and there's there's a lot of understanding that goes in the background of all this.
3: Okay, what understanding? As I
4: was trying to, as I was trying to explain, with the linguistic aspect of it, mm-hmm. is that lingu- linguists will tell us that the oldest writing that we have on the earth is the Sumerian. Sumerian yes. writing, which is basically known as cuneiform.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: It's a little dashes that we found in clay and rock. Yep. But basically, when we analyze that oldest said writing, what it is, is you can, the, the cuneiform letters are basically the same as the Hebrew letters. The only difference is that they're turned sideways to the left. And the, the reason they did that is because it was a type of shorthand. It was easier to, to, um, write the letters that way, because the Hebrew letters are curved. So that's the basis of, basically, it was based off the Hebrew. And we know, linguistics know, that um, scholars know that the Phoenician and the Hebrew language merged into the Arabic, Mm -hmm. Greek, Latin, and Roman by way of the Mediterranean. All right,
3: because of time time restraints, I've got to start getting to the meat. What difference okay. does it make in today's <laughs> world? In today's society, how is it going to better the world? Or are we just going to look back and say, "All right, you know what? You know the 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 scribes were right, the scriptures mm-hmm. were right." Okay, so now what?
4: Well, not only is this verification of a creator,
3: but like I said, but like I said, people what, already believe that. So what's the significance? Yes.
4: The significance is that there are so many applications to this. In a fourth book that I'm writing on. That I'm writing, Um, what this, what the letters are—they are actually sound frequency patterns, and this can be used in the medical field to heal. Um,
3: Once again, uh, what it is actually
4: is—it's essentially um, these letters are produced and they're recorded in a sound. Converting software program,
3: but we already know. Okay. Wait, wait a sec here. You're not telling us anything mm-hmm. new. You're not. Even, we're all aware mm-hmm. of the significance of vibrations and music and sound frequencies in mm-hmm. medicine. We know that. We already know that billions of people believe in God. Nobody's mm-hmm. disputing that. So I, I'm having a hard yes. time understanding.
4: Yes, this is a language that created all things. It continues to control all things, and it can be used to heal things.
3: All right. Have you seen proof of that? And it can be
4: applied to the medical field as well.
3: Have you seen proof of that?
4: Yes, that's what I was trying to explain. Okay. Um, the, the letters are actually the, the, the name of the letters themselves like we have in the Hebrew alphabet, we have like the first three letters, Aleph, That Gimel. Okay,
3: okay. Once, once again, once, is, once again, once called again, beca- because once again.
4: Because when, because when you say <laughs> Aleph in the sound graph, it comes out to the pattern of the Hebrew letter Aleph.
3: All right, now once again, get, see, let's get away from the Hebrew letters, please, because we mm-hmm. spent way too much time on this, and I've only got so much time in order to try and get this understood to my listeners. So, I asked you if you had proof that these frequencies or these letters heal. What is the proof you have?
4: Well, it's being applied, but when you combine certain frequency sounds together and make certain words, this is known, it's also practiced in Kabbalah, Mm -hmm. that it can heal certain it can it can heal bones it can heal cancer
3: it can or it, can it heal does illnesses. It, it can or it does and can this be proven by medical research
4: well it's in the forefront right now and
3: so i guess the answer is no
4: well no there there's a lot of things that are that are that are healed with frequencies there's um
3: but we're talking kidney about
4: stones. Kidney stones are destroyed yes, with sound.
3: I, I understand that. I understand that. But what we're talking about here is you're saying that certain word frequencies based on the, on the Hebrew alphabet can cure things. And I would like to know what you know for a fact that they have cured. I'm not talking about ultrasounds. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. anything else. I'm talking about the Hebrew alphabet. When spoken in a certain combination that you know for a fact have healed things, and if so, what have they healed?
4: Well, that's just the thing is to get the proof on this, which I'm working on, and it's in the forefront right now of science.
3: So, as it stands right now, there is no proof. Well, yes or no? No, there
4: is not, there is no definite proof.
3: Okay, so that wasn't very hard. This is all I'm trying to get at. I'm, I'm just trying to get to the bottom. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm want to take the the fat off the top of the cream. Well, maybe order there is,
4: and I just don't know.
3: So are so, so would this mean that there are other people who are doing the same research that you're doing?
4: Quite possibly. I know that there are.
3: Okay. Do you communicate with these people to find out what their findings have been based on the research that you're doing and the methods that you're using? Right You're...
4: now, it's just based. It's just it's just um, correlating with a sound program mm-hmm. through a computer based
3: Okay, so um, your books have been out there. What is the feedback that people have found uh, found within your books? Are they giving you any any ammunition to you know fuel your theories?
4: Uh, yeah, people are amazed. They are amazed. It's, if you read my books and you see the patterns and you see the images, it's basically undeniable. You cannot say that.
3: But you see, I've I've got a a problem because you're not definitive with your answers. You say basically it's undeniable. Why are you not definitive? Why don't you say it is undeniable? it is undeniable or it can cure it can do this
4: well because not everybody sees
3: but you know but um, this is your story this oh. is your story based on what you've done and if anybody can say yes it is yes it is yes it is it should be you but if you're not sure of your own your own findings how do you expect john q public to be sure
4: oh i am sure i'm absolutely 100 percent sure in the hebrew letters themselves
3: in the, well, of course, they've been around for thousands of years. So once again, how can all this, right, I understand, I understand the, the vibrational aspect, I understand the musical aspect. Like I said, there are billions of people around the world who go to church or pray at home at night to a God that they've never seen because they believe. And belief, in my opinion, is the strongest power in the universe, And we all know that Moses, who is Jewish, wrote the book of Genesis. Based on, based on your on, on your research into this, and I must say it is interesting, uh, topic, how many gods are there?
4: Only one god.
3: Then why is it in the book of Genesis, he said, and let us create man in our image, our likeness? He
4: was, he was talking to the angels.
3: Doesn't say that in the Bible.
4: No. Well, and it doesn't, but you have to go into, to under fully understand that, you have to go into the oral Torah and look for coordinates in other, te- other religious texts.
3: No disrespect to the Torah. How do we know the Torah is right? It's based on belief, isn't it?
4: Well, we can say the same thing about evolution.
3: You're right. I'm not disputing that. Yeah. You see, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who likes to see proof.
4: Well, I'm... the thing is, is that the Hebrew letters again, which is based on that, is basically it is, it's God's way of saying that's his signature. And by his signature, is saying that that's his word. The word that he translated directly from from him to mm-hmm. Moses. But as once, it said in the Bible, between the two cherubim in the tabernacle and the holy of Yeah, Euclid. but
3: once again, as it says in the Bible, but there is no empirical evidence that that ha- ever happened.
4: No, but then one has to question, well, then where did the Hebrew letters come into existence and why is there intelligent design to them?
3: You can say and why that did ab- it
4: correlate with the natural world?
3: You can say that about everything. And every beyond, other,
4: even into the cosmos.
3: You know, you can say that about everything. What if? What if? But we, isn't society owed empirical proof instead of theories, instead of beliefs? You know, we're not sheep anymore. We don't need shepherds. We take responsibility for our own actions, or we should anyway. So as as much as I think the Bible is the greatest story, the greatest book that has ever been written, and that each and every religious philosophy out there had its purpose, here we are in the year 2017, and we have to, or I have to ask myself, why is this important? Why do we need to know? Like, you know, I I hate to say it, but when you look at the events in the Bible, I don't know why anybody would praise God, because he was a mean guy. You know? Sodom and Gomorrah killed everybody. Killed the Egyptians, who were his children as well, in the Red Sea. Flooded the earth. Killed all the animals, except two, a male and female. Killed all the humans, except a family. You know? In today's society, if God was here and he did that, he'd be up on charges. So you know, do we really want to throw that much in, into into a story, or do we want to say maybe it's just a story? Maybe there's lessons. Maybe everything in the Bible or in the other religious books are nothing else but parables, lessons to live by.
4: A lot of times when we when as your understanding allows you to understand.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: There is a deeper understanding to why God did all the things that you just mentioned. It's a war of principalities.
3: But isn't but isn't it goes, but you isn't have to go it, back
4: to the beginning to understand? Well, you have to read all the texts. Yeah, but but once text. again,
3: once again, you know, and we're coming to another commercial break here for our final segment. Um, but what, but once again. Actions speak louder than words. I'm a father. I'm a god uh, grandfather. I'm a godfather. One thing I would never, ever, 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 ever do is harm a hair on any of my children's heads. And I would never harm a hair on anyone else's head. Mind you, I'm just a mortal. I'm not a god. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been how do you do it? Well, now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. Anita Mayer is our guest, and uh, Anita, if, if something is coded, and you've decoded it, what is the message, and how could the message help us to make this a better world?
4: Okay, uh, we're talking about the Bible code, correct? Yep. Well, basically, it's the Bible code is based on the same thing. It's proof mm-hmm. of... A creator. It's showing that that he put specific codes in there to venerate proof of proof and existence of him. For example, mm-hmm. there's a code that can be found in Genesis. Um, it's the Genesis where it talks about the actual text that speaks about the about planting a garden. Mm-hmm. Um, in the garden which talks about the garden of eden Mm -hmm. and it says in the lord god planted a garden eastward in eden and there he put the man whom he formed Mm -hmm. out of the ground and he uh and everything that was pleasant to sight for food was good to eat Mm -hmm. and so with just in that verse there in the hebrew okay Mm -hmm. there are um 26 i do believe 26 words cons- consisting of i think it's like 80 something letters
2: mm-hmm.
4: and they're pinpointed in this small portion of the torah and it appears only in this particular text and cannot be found elsewhere and so we have like we find the word for wheat it's called hida right and we find them by equidistant letter skips of five Divine, vine we have grape chestnut um myrtle date palms bramble pine tree we find all these plants that are in that section. So basically what it's and they're found exactly in the story that talks about it. So it's showing again that there's intelligent design. And so the code can't be used to predict the future, but more it's, it's a proof to reveal that there is a creator that knows the beginning to the end.
3: Okay. Okay. You did say pine trees in there, right?
4: Yeah.
3: There's no pine I did. trees in Israel. Pine
4: trees, pistachios, fig tree, willow tree, pomegranate, aloes, oak.
3: I I, I must admit, uh, I didn't. I did not know there were pine trees in Israel. So yes, there are. Really?
2: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Oh yes.
3: Okay, so we understand the the garden of eden okay i i you know not i'm not disputing that i i it says so in the bible so was adam were uh, based on based on the the code that you have adam and eve the first two people that were created
4: that's what the text says
3: what about lilith
4: well there are so many aspects on that, but basically, it is mentioned in oral Torah. Yeah. And she is basically, she was not a created being. She was more like a spirit being.
3: Okay. So if it was Adam and Eve who had Cain and Abel, right?
4: Mm hmm. And then after that, Seth.
3: Okay. And was it Cain who killed Abel or Abel who killed Cain? I think it's Cain that killed Abel. It
4: was Cain that killed Abel.
3: Okay, so right now, if my memory serves me correct, we have Adam and Eve, Cain and Seth that are alive, right?
4: Yes, correct.
3: Okay, so why does it say in the Bible that Cain crossed the mountains, he crossed the desert to where he slept with his wife? Mm Mm-hmm. Where did these people come from?
4: That was his sister. The book does not mention the daughters it only mentions it only mentions the male why? but if you read why, the oral torah
3: why is that why doesn't it you mention you will see the females? that there are daughters oh there must have been either that or or that there was a lot of incest going on so why weren't the daughters mentioned
4: well that's a good question because maybe it went by the lineage of 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 the male I don't know, but it is mentioned in Oral Torah. The Oral Torah mentions a lot of things Mm -hmm. that the Bible, that the Torah does not. Basically, um, Oral Torah was not written down until 2,000 years ago, but Oral Torah seeks to, it did come down with Moses from Sinai as well, along with the Torah, but Mm -hmm. it was oral, of course, and what it does is it seeks to explain the science behind the Torah. In other words, In the Torah, it tells us that a male has to be, a baby male has to be circumcised, but it doesn't tell us, give us any description or or tell us how to do this, and so in order to know that, we have to turn to the oral Torah, which gives us the instructions for how to do that. And a lot of people don't know this. That's why it's important to know the full story of reading all the texts that, even the ones that aren't in the Bible. Yeah. To know and compare coordinates and match things up so that they can understand the full story.
3: But once again, what difference does it make in the world that we live in now?
4: It makes a difference because then this way we can understand our existence here.
2: We if can you, understand if, our if
4: purpose you, here. What are we doing here? Well, On um, the full story, the whole saga. If you believe in creationism. Suffer, if why you evil believe, things happen. Why,
3: if you believe in creationism.
4: Yeah. Well, that's true. You believe, whether you believe it or not, this, according to the text, is the history of mankind. This is the true story, according to the text.
3: Or is this another marketing ploy to... Justify the um, the significance of one religious culture over another.
4: Well, not really. So the, see, all cultures people t- tend to segregate them, but mm-hmm. really they are all an anthology, which means that they're that they're all based off of one principal religion. They all basically have the same kind of stories. Um. Then why traditions are there... in one aspect or another?
3: then why are there so many religions if we all if we all came from one?
4: Well, because after the Tower of Babel, we were all separated, we all spoke we all spoke different languages, mm-hmm. and we went to different parts of the earth.
3: But way back then they thought the earth was flat.
4: Well, not really, because if you read the Bible, It basically tells you in so many ways. Job Mm -hmm. says the earth is is round and it floats by itself. They knew the earth was round thousands of years ago before they even came up in relatively modern times, maybe a couple hundred years ago that the earth was flat.
3: I've got about three minutes left. How do you think that your research is going to change the world
4: well there is a prophecy and it's found Mm -hmm. in Zephaniah and it says that the Lord will restore this pure language when all people come to an understanding of him Mm
3: -hmm.
4: come back to the Lord and understand him he will restore this pure language
3: now when you say the Lord are you talking about God or are you talking about Jesus
4: well both he was he was he was the incarnate he was the messiah
3: that's one way of looking at it you're right Mm -hmm. but once again not everybody shares that belief and wouldn't you say that wouldn't you say that that religion is based on one's personal belief
4: well the thing is that people don't know people don't in this modern era, people mm-hmm. don't have not studied fully all the scriptures, all the ancient texts. And so that's why that's why I write my books. So that I can explain all this, so that I can go back into the ancient text and so I can put the full picture together for people to understand.
3: Put your picture. Your interpretation well, and present it to people.
4: My right? interpretation based on the ancient text. I truly make nothing of my own up.
3: I'm not saying you do, but once again, you know, religion and philosophy are based on the believers. And any religion and any philosophy can be made to fit either a square hole or a round peg.
4: That's true. And where we are in this society Mm -hmm. here, we have... We've lost that. We have been dumbed down in such a way
2: mm-hmm.
4: that we have that that we have disconnected. We are disconnected from the truth. Some some people say that religion is the opium of the mass, mm-hmm. and they can say that whatever they want. That's their opinion, right? But there's a story here. There's a story, um, you know, that encapsulates the truth. And so that we can get a better idea, just just like the story of Star Wars, you know, how uh-huh. that whole saga, how it goes, you know, back, you know, and, and it gives you, you know, it tells you about the rebellion mm-hmm. and all that. And, and that's kind of like our story here.
3: Listen, we've got to say so long for tonight. Exo uh, Nation Anita Mayer is our special guest this hour. <sighs> Do I believe her? No. You want to believe in God, you believe in God. If you want to believe in Moses, you believe in Moses. If you want to believe that Star Wars is a representation of the ancient Bible, go ahead. It's your right. But the other people have the right to believe in what they want to believe. And if God would have written the Bible and people could prove to me that God existed maybe I'd believe them too. Just like I'd love to see an alien in order so I can say, I believe, or that I see a Bigfoot to say, I believe, but I leave, believe I have to take my news break. I'll be back on the other side. Don't go away.